podcast. Um, today you're with me, Hayley Mears, and I'm going to be chatting with Mia DeVries, who is a bit of an industry icon. She has multiple businesses across the industry, being the Secret Fox Education, the Fox and the Hair in Wollongong, and also Salon Bestie. So uh, without any further ado, Mia, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with me. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited to come on and chat to my work wife. I feel like um, I feel like this is going to be my best podcast ever. <laughs> it is, it is, and we are we are like um work wives, and I, <laughs> I love that. I think if we had to count the amount of times we've actually seen each other in the flesh, do you think it would be like less than ten? Oh my god, I was like literally, oh. we would be lucky to get it to two hands. No, oh, we've got like I count the gold water as one. Yeah, one yeah, big I do too. Yeah. Yes. But you know, so maybe maybe if you include that it is 10. <laughs> for, for our long working relationship and for how friendly we are. I know. Yeah, yeah we, we I are feel so like we're online, aren't we? We are. And we we talk almost not not quite daily, but every, every few days we're just like, you know, we're diving into the DMs and but if we're not busy drowning in whatever the hell's going on, we talk almost every day. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. And that, we've both been that's busy. Pretty special. <laughs> So Mia and I became uh, work wives, <laughs> essentially. Um, years ago, you reached out to me and you were like, oh, I want to ha- want to do some stuff with social media and I really like your graphics and your design. And at that point, I think our graphics and our design work was very much in its infancy. Like it was not at all um, the sophisticated, polished machine that I dreamt it would become one day. And you were kind enough to stick through um, and use us through all of all of those teething processes that we had when it comes to really working out how we were going to become an organization that was kind of, you know, our niche was design and aesthetics. So thank you very much for uh, propping me up. <laughs> what was it like? It must have been, I must have found you on Facebook. Yes. And then I probably like messaged you and was just like, oh my God, I love what you do. How can you help me? Can we work together? And then we've been like BFFs ever since. I know. And you've evolved my brand like a million times over the years and you put up with me being your like best worst client. <laughs> you, you, you say that, but I think, um, and I'm going to dive into one of the questions that I was going to ask you at the end, but I'm going to go straight to it now. And that is like, I find that you have the most incredibly gentle approach with everything and the way in which you communicate with people, um, and especially your team and the way you kind of coach them and cultivate them has been something that I've been able to observe through our working relationship. And a great example of that is if I produce like an artwork and you don't like it, I never walk away with hurt feelings um, because your delivery is always so beautiful. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm not really feeling that one, but I do like this, this, and this. Um, and I, I think you would probably be a lot like that with your team too, like in the way that you coach and you mentor them. So oh, like, you so know, knowing how to deliver know. bad news really well. <laughs> so I'm like this one, love that one in the bin. Um, <laughs> but, oh, no, I think, I think what, what I like about 
I guess my delivery style is that you always know where you stand. It's very direct. And I always think if it's not a firm yes, it's a no. Yeah. So, and I guess that just, I just run with that through everything. So everyone knows where they stand with me. It's very clear communication. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And look, and I think that's a, that's a really great way to put it. If it's not a really firm yes, then it's a no. So like, you know, you don't have to say, no, I fucking hate it. Like, but you're like, I really love that one. <laughs> and then you know that everything else is, I'm just going to disregard. And we're going to focus on all of the things <laughs> that that. about this particular piece that we're working with. I guess, so, yeah, I guess in some ways, maybe it is easier that I know exactly what I want. Or maybe I know close to what I want, which means that I know what I don't want as well. So sometimes that's easier. So as a business owner and to give, I'm, I'm sure many people are already across your brands. I mean, look at the fox in the hair. You're a massive, massive success. And you were probably like the first to market in our industry to have an explosive Instagram following. And I think that's kind of like, you know, maintained right throughout your career. And you've always kind of been an innovator in many ways and innovating things that aren't necessarily what everyone else does. And I want to know, firstly, where do you get your ideas from? And secondly, do you find that you have to pull confidence from a unique place to be able to do something that is drastically different to everyone else? Because that's what set you apart. It's And it's probably been high risk, high reward, would you say? Yeah, I guess. I think um, I was actually chatting to someone about this yesterday when I sort of said, I just do everything because I want to do it. And I think that that's probably why I would have the success in inverted commas that I've had, but also probably why I'm so happy. So I, you know, for any ideas that I have, it's typically something that I'm searching for. What do I want? What do I like? What would my life, what would make my life easier? And I guess in many ways, I am my ideal client sort of, you know, I'm in that age group that's a little bit older where I want to have nice things, but I'm also... Um, very, I don't want to use the word immature, but I'm also very young and fresh at heart. Um, so I do, <laughs> I do like what the youth like also. So I don't know how this is going to work for me in 20 years time from now, but I seem to be in that sweet spot that sort of, you know, typically a lot of the ideas that I have, um, tend to work in my favor because I am my target market. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that too. I feel like I'm kind of stuck between, um, you know, having full boomer energy at times and also being like young for my age, <laughs> clearly not. No, but we are like, I feel like we are those people. Like I always spin out sort of, you know, we've got a couple and, you know, a couple of ladies and thank God they won't be listening to this podcast, but we've got a few clients and they are 43. So they are a year older than me. Yeah. But my God, they are old. And I just wonder what were they like when they were in their twenties? Like, were they this personality back then so yeah I don't know like I feel like you know I am a little bit boomer in my tech savviness like I was struggling to connect my iPods just to to chat to you here today and I always need to rely on the young people on my team to help me with stuff like that but I sort of feel like you know my sense of humor is quite young which is probably why I like the internet so much um you know I think my sense of I mean I'm daggy as hell today but my sense of style and the things that I like are still quite young and fashionable yeah but yeah I don't know. Oh, look, I, I had that exact same moment uh, a few weeks ago. Again, glad none of these people will be listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, I was dropping my daughter off for a school orientation and I'm looking around, all the mums, they're probably like my age or a little bit older, but they felt 20 years older than me. 
like that everything was really conservative. And I was like, wow, this is, it's amazing. Like aged really is just a number. And I love being able to kind of be down with the kids, um, but not necessarily live my life. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just for the, the listeners, um, Mia and I, when we were traveling around the country this year for Goldwell, we were, we spent quite a bit of time on planes. And I said to Mia, you've got to watch this TV show called Euphoria, because if there's any indication from a marketing point of view of what the youth or what that kind of early Gen, Gen Z uh, kind of group are looking towards for fashion, hair, beauty trends, but also just general culture. I think this TV show really sums it up. And it was such an incredible learning experience watching that series. And then I think you started to watch it probably halfway through the tour and you were like, oh my God, like everything on on the plane (laughs) is starting to make sense now. I started watching it on the plane, which is probably one of the worst things that I could do because obviously, I mean, that show is pretty loose. There was a lot of um, graphic scenes and all I kept thinking was like, oh my God, the people next to me and the people behind me, what the hell are they going to be thinking? But I was like too committed to, like, I was so into it. I had to keep watching. I loved it for the fashion. I loved it for the memes. Um, You know, what was that like three years late to the party? Maybe a little bit longer. It's like five years late. Yeah, I was three years late to the party. Yeah, but no, it was awesome. I tell everybody, I'm like, you should totally watch it. Just watch it for the makeup. <laughs> yeah, it, that's exactly right. But I feel like I watched that show and I was like, I finally I finally get what all these kids are doing online now. I get their TikToks and, you know, I'm about to turn 40. So that's that's not my world. It's not, none of my friends are in that kind of TikTok space. But I'm also the mum of a child who will be in that space very soon. So yeah, it's kind of, um, it's it's a great educational tool, but it's scary as hell at the same time. <laughs> well, I've learned so much about TikTok in the last couple of weeks. So I still think that TikTok is just for like people that make those weird dancing videos, but apparently it's really good for your business now. And it's one of the fastest growing um, platforms. So I don't know, yes. we've got to embrace it, Hayley. We've got to, we've got to shift that boomer energy and get on TikTok. <laughs> Did you take my advice and uh, register your TikTok user address? Yeah, I did. I actually changed it. So originally I was um, as the fox in the hair on TikTok, but then I realized that I probably would use it more for the secret fox education. So I swapped it out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not making two TikToks. One is enough. I can't remember any more emails and passwords. Exactly. I get asked that that question a lot. I was even asked, um, I was at a Goldwell event last night and someone asked me, you know, what, what do I think of TikTok? Like, do we need to be there? And I was like, even if you don't feel that it's the right place for you to be right at this moment, secure your handle and your username so that you can come back to it because there is going to be a time and a place where it becomes, I guess, just another digital commodity in our space. And if you haven't kind of got your footing in and and set at least a little bit of foundation, it's going to be really, really hard to build. So you want that handle there so that if people do go looking for you, even if you haven't got anything uh, published, they might still follow just because they're waiting for it to come up. And I I feel like that's very much what's happening. I think sort of like um, with social media and stuff like that, what I'm having to sort of remember at the moment, because I think like everybody's saying that their, uh, their reach has dropped massively. Nobody's yes. stories are getting as much as much views. Sort of nobody's really getting um getting that much traction at the moment. So for us, um, you know, I'm having to remind myself that you know what were some of the things that I did before I became so heavily reliant on Instagram as well. And so we've actually we just did our um, Black Friday campaign for the salon. That was all done via uh, direct marketing SMS. 
So it's really, really funny. Sort of like, yep, there's Instagram and I'm trying desperately to fill all those last minute COVID cancellations via my Instagram stories, which are only being seen by like a hundred people at the moment. But we had wild success with our Black Friday sale, doing that on the down low. Um, and we actually targeted, we targeted a segment of our clients. So we didn't actually put that out to everybody. We just offered it to the ones that we want to see again. So we did a voucher offer for them. Um, and then the same probably with when we do our Christmas marketing, we'll probably just target the promotion that we'll do will be, I think, uh, book in for a half head of foils, get a complimentary upgrade to a full head of foils. Mm-hmm. And we will probably offer that immediately. Actually, I'll get you to make me some tiles. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do that via S. I'll launch it officially via like via SMS to a um to our half head of foil clientele or our yeah. full head of foil clientele and market it that way. And then depending on whether or not I feel like I've sold enough during that close down period, because that's when I'll roll that out, will determine whether or not I actually open that up to the wider community, the wider local I, community. I like how you've kind of like reverted back and you haven't been scared to go, okay, well, reach isn't working. So let's go back to something that we know. And that's a great thing about SMS. Like it, it's going to get opened you know so maybe not over black friday i think of the number of emails that i deleted so it's it's like it's interesting but i sort of feel like your marketing sort of be across everything really doesn't it it does sort of like you know strong visual branding but you know if you've got a a sneaky offer that you want to put aside sms always works really well for us it was interesting with this black friday it was the first year in probably four or five years where we haven't done a campaign because i just felt like the market got so so saturated with emails and deals and I think in terms of our community and who we market to, um, like everyone's just like trying to get their appointment. They're they're trying to survive until Christmas. They're not really that worried about, um, you know, their business marketing at this point. Whereas um, if you're client facing like you guys are, then it's a different story entirely. But it's it's a weird change in the world that like, like five years ago, this Black Friday culture never existed. And now it's like the biggest marketing tool of the entire year. It is so bizarre. I don't get it. Like, because it's always been a thing in America, right? Yeah. But it's only just could sort of come over here. But it's like, it's weird because I feel like we're always on sale these days. Like everything is always on sale. Nothing that I ever want is on sale, but literally everything else is on sale. I had to laugh. I gave um, the team my Christmas wish list and like none of it was in a part of a Black Friday sale. <laughs> Sorry, guys. When you do things that are a little bit different, and I mean, that campaign is is a perfect example, you know, there's a certain confidence that you need to execute it. And you you just, and I think you answered this probably in your previous question, but just having, um, I don't know, you always back yourself. And do you ever take a risk and it doesn't work? Because I feel like everything you do constantly works, but I never actually see anything that doesn't come off. You seem to have like the the golden formula in terms of the way that you market the stylistic look of all of your campaigns. I think sort of what really helps is that I just don't really care. Yeah. So like if it works amazing, if it doesn't work, oh, well. I sort of think maybe back in the day when we were doing a lot of hands-on classes, in particular when we very first started doing like the balayage classes, it's like anything, you know, when you put something out there, you always think, oh, shit, like is anyone going to come? Will someone buy my tickets? And then by the end of it, we got like, I mean, I feel like educators, we're we're so brazen these days because, you know, I remember – we started off doing look and learn tickets for maybe like 99 bucks and yeah. then we upped them to like 
I remember it was like I wanted to charge 150 and then add the GST. So it was like 165. And then we were like, oh, let's up them to 220. Then it was like, let's up them to 330. Let's up them to 350. And then I think we got to the point where we're maybe charging 650 a ticket. So with anything like that, I'd always work backwards and I'd always be like, what do I want to walk away with from this day? Like how much is this day going to cost me to put on? And then, yeah. you know, what do I want to pay myself for that day? So I'd always work backwards that day. Uh, that way but I just sort of think you know with trying anything new it's like anything you know we've all got a million ideas and we throw them at the wall and we just hope that something sticks the one thing that I don't do is I don't really take it personally or get upset or embarrassed if something that I thought was going to be an amazing success doesn't really go off um, but at the same time I sort of think like you get out what you put in so yeah. I sort of think you know, I put a lot of work into the salon. I put a lot of work into um, the secret box, but the one that I probably keep super quiet on is Salon Bestie. So you keep really quiet on that. I do keep very, very quiet on Salon Bestie. Yeah. So, but it's like, and it's really quite funny because it's probably one of the things that I'm um, maybe, I guess, like quietly most proud of. I sort of think we do some really, really good work in there. And like anything, like I was just saying, you know, if you, put in the work, you'll get the results. And so I'd say that probably, you know, like the people that turn up to their Salon Bestie coaching session, sessions and they put in the work, they're the ones that are having the most success. But it is, um, I don't know, is this my humble brag for Salon Bestie? I'm, I am. I just keep it on the down low. Yeah. I protect that space. <laughs> because you keep it on the down low, if anyone doesn't know of Salon Bestie, hypothetically, if I signed up to um, Salon Bestie today, what would be my journey? What What would that look like from that point of view, because that's a great way to explain it to people. Yeah, I guess. Well, the mystery of Sal and Bestie. So what would happen is you would sign up, then you'd actually get directed to a Facebook group because you know me, I love a Facebook group. Um, Sal and Bestie is actually run by myself and Richard McCabe. So there's two of us. So he is a certified Salon coach and I come in as your mentor. Um, basically how we split that down the line is that Richard froths over numbers he really loves structure. Um, he nerds out a lot more than what I do. He's actually based in the UK. He coaches some amazing salons. Probably the most notable would be that um, he works with Sophia Hilton from Not Another Salon. So, and if you know Richard, he's just so lovable and sweet. Um, and he was my coach numerous years ago. And I actually feel like I did some of my best work under him because he is so gentle and kind and I think when you're working with a coach you've got to lay it all bare so you really expose yourself which can be terrifying especially to um you know depending on why you've ended up needing or wanting coaching um whereas I take care of a lot of the fun stuff because I'm always here for a good time not for a long time um and this is why I needed a partner with with the coaching because I didn't really want to have to get too bogged down in your numbers and sort of you know I wanted to be there for you creative and your fun and your team culture and you know whatever um little side like I love a side hustle I love it um sort of encouraging everyone to work on their side hustle so that's what my role is there so Richard's going to take you through nine self-paced modules so they will cover everything sort of like you know to work out what your um you know your your goals would be or where you're you know where you're hemorrhaging money in your business or um sort of you know how to do your team meetings and stuff like that whereas I'm literally there to be like okay cool what's all the fun stuff that needs ironing out where are you falling down with your team so I am there for the good times um you know there for the I guess I would say that I'm like your stage mom or your cheerleader so I'll push you in the right direction um and I'll clap for you when you're on stage um and I'll help you you know I'll hold your hand through sort of you know the salon life things because that's I guess that's a different difference Richard doesn't have a salon anymore whereas I'm still there dealing with the COVID cancellations just like all of you guys um, I'm dealing with teams that you know wants and needs have dramatically changed over the last um, 
you know, even from say the last two to three years during COVID, but even sort of five years before that, things are changing. We want different things now. So oh. yeah, so that's sort of, I guess, sell and best in a nutshell. I think that's such a, that's such a great segue into like the, the way things have changed and the way that teams and I guess staff expectations have changed over the last few years. And when we went on tour um, with MBE this year, one of the things that you spoke about, and I got to listen to, you know, all of your presentations was, you know, asking your team what it is that they want and actually giving it to them. And I think that's that's really scary for a lot of people because you think, oh my God, how much is this affecting my P&L? You know, what if, what if I give people too much and they start taking advantage? But you seem to have found this amazing balance. So can you talk us through, you know, things like your decision to close Saturdays and the way you kind of set your team up for success or all of that stuff? I'm going to let you do the talking there. Well, I guess sort of like, you know, the majority of people that are on my team at the moment have been with me for a really long time. I think we just celebrated Amanda um, being with the team for 10 years. Joseph is turning seven this coming Friday. I love um, it. He's turning seven. He's turning seven, yeah, seven in box years. And I sort of feel like, um, you know, the majority of the team have now been with me for quite a long time. And I guess we've been through a lot together. And that's what makes it very easy to say yes to these people. So I guess sort of, you know, probably the time when, um, oh, I'd say probably like when the salon was like very, very prominent, we were doing a lot of touring and we were doing a lot of things like the team were there with me smashing my goals. Sort of, you know, we wanted to do hair expo. We wanted to do lots of balayage classes. We toured, you know, nationally, internationally. We had all of these things that we wanted to achieve. So we were in that real, um, you know, let's get it sort of frame of mind. And it's interesting to sort of like look at the industry now and see who are the salons that are in that part of their journey right now. Mm. And so I think what was really interesting was when, when I decided that I was like, who am I doing this for? Why, you know, why am I wanting to do these things? Cause I realized that I was like, really like I was touring really, really hard. Um, like and that's quite, like, it's, quite, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite challenging to be on the road and away from your family for that much. Um, yeah. But it was one of those things, I guess, for closing Saturdays was when I decided that I actually, um, you know, with the amount of travel that I was doing, I just wanted to have some time for me. So that was probably one of the big things with closing Saturdays. When I initially offered it to my team, only two people said yes. So it was quite funny because here I was thinking like, you know, I want Saturdays off because if the salon's closed, then I don't actually need to pay, be paying attention to it. Nothing can go wrong. No one's going to send me a text at like six in the morning to be like, I'm sick. And no one's going to send me a text at like 10 o'clock to say, um, my client doesn't like her hair. So I was like, the first thing to do is if I close the salon on Saturday, that takes all the stress away. Um, but initially only two of the girls wanted that off. Um, and then what we found that we were having was then like everybody, you know, my team was quite young. There was music festivals, there was engagement parties, 21sts, um, and everybody was always like wanting to have time off. So then what we did was, um, I made the rule with them that I didn't care if you want a time off, you just have to figure out where you could put your clients. So they were always in charge of rearranging their day. So if they had a fully booked column, like, yep, you can have that day off, but you fix it. Yeah. So Sort of like, and that worked really well because then that just made them think about, you know, did they really want that time off? Was, you know, was buying a bed on a Saturday really that important or could they buy a bed on their other day off? <laughs> so <laughs> I, guess, I guess that was like a thing that they, you know, that was some growing up time that they all um, sort of, you know, learnt to do themselves. But um, eventually sort of, you know, it got to the point where sort of these two girls had every Saturday off and then the rest of the team started eyeing it off, being like, okay, cool. Like after a year of watching them have fun on the weekends, we want a piece of that too. So then we transitioned to, I think, maybe there was only two of us working Saturdays. So I book my clients out a year in advance. So I'm like, this is the problem that I do. I always commit myself out 
very, very far. So then like for me, I just like to know what I'm doing. So that's why the Secret Fox calendar has been booked for pretty much the majority of last, uh, next year was booked probably about six months ago. So yes. I always kind of get an idea, sort of, you know, I can plan out where I'm going to be, what weekends I'm here, what weekends I'm not there. Um, but that also meant that I had to work Saturdays for a full year longer than what everybody else was. So it was just me in there every second Saturday doing my clients, which is fine because my clients are awesome. Um, but yeah, it just, I was the last one to write it out, which was quite funny. Are you still on the floor in any capacity? Yeah, I am. So if I was pretty much almost completely off the floor, but then after COVID, what happened was, um, I guess, you know, everybody was just getting sick. Yeah. So, so, you know, and I feel like, you know, every, every salon owner has the same problem at the moment where, you know, you get a lot of anxiety to check your phone in the morning because you just don't know, like, it's like, who's going to be sick? How many are going to be sick? Sort of what are they going to have? Are they going to have the whole week off? Or are they just going to have one day off? Um, and so I ended up sort of stepping on the floor a little bit more, but I was very strict. I won't take new clients. So all I will do, we work one-to-one in the salon at the moment. So all I will do is I will absorb my old clients that have been divvied up between my team. Yeah. So if there's anyone that I can take back who has been in my chair for numerous years in the past, I will look after them, but I won't take on, you know, a new young client. I yeah. Do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to work too hard. You know, it's not like a new client can start at the beginning and like earn their trust. So I just like having a guest star role with my old clients. You're a bona fide rock star. I'll I'll be back on the floor next year though, because my team's changing dramatically. So I've got like one girl pregnant. um, And then I've got like, you know, people going on big holidays, like, you know, seven weeks to Europe. So I will be under the pump next year. And I keep, I keep asking myself, do I want to rehire? Because we haven't hired for a really, really long time. And I just don't know. I'm I'm not sure if I'm really ready to commit to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you do such a, such an incredible job with your team. And like, you know, you juggle three businesses. It's, it's no mean feat whatsoever. So I'm, I'm absolutely in awe of that. Plus of the fact that you have an enormous travel schedule as well. So, um, can you just talk a little bit about the secret Fox education and what that looks like? Because I think unless you're actually in that group, it's really hard to describe what it's like, but there is so much value and so many people, um, like so much archival education that you can access. And I think that's something that probably people forget about because it's just, it's so obvious that they're like, oh my God, I can go back and I can watch content from two or three years ago that is for whatever reason back relevant now. So can you talk us through how it looks to be a subscriber of The Secret Fox? Oh, I think it's really funny. I obviously do a lot of things that um so much of what I do happens behind closed doors that I always keep that air of, air of mystery about me. I think I had to laugh. Someone the other day was just like, I was trying to find your bio. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't exist because I don't really have a website for the salon. So um, like a lot of what I do, it's like not until you're in that you actually know yes. what it is or how it functions. So the Secret Fox, again, runs, um, it's run via two channels. So we've got the um, private Facebook group, which is where we live stream all of the education as well as... Um, we've also got like an archive library of all of our past classes in there, as well as via the website. So um, Facebook's got a little bit clunky over the last couple of months. So it has, hasn't it? In it's a, bu- yesterday, it's right before it, live, it um, logged me out of everything. 
So sort of like, you know, 10.30, we're about to go live in Adelaide and I'm having to like reset, um, you know, send myself like text codes, re-log back into Messenger. It was an absolute nightmare, but this is just Facebook. So um, yeah, so what we have is like the live streams all happen in the Facebook group. So you can watch and you can comment, um, ask questions in real time and I can relay them to the guest artist. And then the videos are actually loaded into our Secret Box website library where you actually get access to while you're a subscriber. We always say it's like Netflix for hair and makeup artists. So you'll actually get access to our entire um, back catalogue, which is about, I'd say it's probably like a hundred and maybe around 130 videos now, 130 past classes. So there is a lot, a lot happening. Um, and we've basically covered like everything, any kind of education that you want, we have covered it at some stage. So we've got, um, you know, hair cutting, hair styling, hair coloring, uh, hair extensions, sort of bridal makeup, special effects makeup, uh, what else have we done? Biz, like business, lots of social media education. Haley's been on the show, what, like three, four times now? I think four, I think. It's been it's been a lot. So we're going to have to do one again next year when we have I know, other I, I need to hold the project. title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most social media classes. But do you know Definitely. what I love about um, all of the different people that you get on from social media? Like everyone brings such a new perspective to it and everyone has their, their niche. So even though like you might have like multiple experts in – I don't know, certain blondes or whatever, like still they're bringing something different each and every class. It's amazing. I always love sort of like counting, like when I finish the class, I'm always like, okay, what did I learn today? And what was quite funny about Yvanka's class yesterday, we had um Yvanka Laurier hair extensions on is because I know nothing about hair extensions. So, you know, like, I guess we've done so much color education that I kind of like, it's easy to sort of watch and I understand what's happening. But I had so many moments where I was like, whoa, 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 wait, stop. Why are you doing that? What is that? What's that tool? Why are you sectioning it like that? I've never seen this before. So yeah. um, I'm probably like a real pest pest person to be in the room. Um, but hopefully everybody who sits back and watches that class will get a lot of um, value and learning out of that because I was so like, whoa, what are you doing? Why is it like that? How do I know? Like what happens if I make this mistake? So I really enjoyed that. But I always laugh sort of for probably, you know, one of the, best educated hairdressers in Australia. I don't do much hair these days. <laughs> Four N on the roots. <laughs> I just love collaborating with you because you are so much fun. And I think we'll jump back on and we'll talk. Um, I think between the two of us, we've got so much information to share. And I think all of that needs to go into a book. Maybe it's. Ah, <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Which we'll talk about later, but um, yeah, it's it's been it's been really fun um over the last few years. Like we've collaborated on so many projects. So watch this space. There is a book coming from the both of us. Um, I won't definitely Haley. No, 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 no. <laughs> I won't I won't commit to a, a timeline. Like it's it's written. It's just not finished. <laughs> Well, I, I did drag my feet a lot on that one as well. Like I contributed what, like two lines, but they took forever to get out of me. I know. <laughs> it's, it's been one of those years. And one of the things that I've learned from you is you'd be like, does it have to be now? Like, why are you like committed to this timeline? I'm like, you're right. Like, it doesn't have to be now. I've just got to make things work and let go of shit. So thank you so much for <laughs> guiding me with that. It's been awesome. <laughs> and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was so good to chat. Yeah, always, always. I mean, it's it's weird to chat in actual audio form and not DMs, but 
It's it's equally as good. I think we still we still we still conveyed our um our message and our personality. <laughs> less less memes, less gifts, but you know we got there. Well, speaking of all of that stuff, I will put uh, notes and links in the show notes to all of your platforms because I want everyone to check them out. You've got so much Thank to offer. You. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Mia. See you, Bye.